Tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watched Kimbrell pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing. Man. And that's remarkable. Alex, it is Sunday, February 5th. I got to be honest. I feel like this is the low point for baseball news. Like the absolute, this is the bottom of the barrel that we are scraping right yeah. here for the baseball calendar. Do you agree? Or is there a worse date? No, I agree. I mean, we were we were talking with our friends recently about about um, uh, favorite and least favorite months, and February routinely comes in at the bottom of our rankings for this exact reason. It's kind of the the eye of the storm when it comes to baseball news, right? You get you get the flurry around December, around winter meetings. Yeah, things get really quiet in late January, early February. And then pitchers and catchers report, and it all picks back up. But this like two, three week stretch is it's a rough one. See, but yeah, but I think for the purpose of months, that makes January worse than February, which is just a testament to the great content that we've been putting out for the last four weeks. You know, all of the re- very relevant discussions and dialogues that we've been starting here on the Tipping Pitches podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, because it's so dead in the baseball world, and because we are now T minus seven days from the Super Bowl. I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh, I, I actually want to know, like, what is your relationship to the Super Bowl? <laughs> because obviously we care so much about baseball. And, you know, you, you watch basketball too. You're a Warriors fan. Right. But does, like, does the Super Bowl just come and go for you or do you watch it? I guess I'm curious from like an anthropological perspective. Like, are there people who the base, the, the World Series comes and goes for? I think that that is definitely true. But is the Super Bowl so big that even you will tune in? I mean, I think yeah. Like I like I kind of want to this year even though I I resolutely re- reject football for 364 days of the year. It it's it has far broader implications like culturally, right? And mm-hmm. I think even like growing up, you know, it was like I'm going to watch it cuz of the this is the commercials, you and know. That's everybody's favorite thing. That's to say. everybody's favorite thing to say, right? The commercials like the, have fallen off. Which dog. the commercials the last few years have really fallen off. But I want to see Rihanna. Hmm. Do you think any baseball players will make an appearance? I guess Mike Trout was almost guaranteed to be there mm-hmm. because of the Eagles. Yeah. Um. Do you think maybe Cole Tucker would be there? I saw Cole Tucker and Vanessa Hudgens. Mazel tov to them. They just got. Why would engaged. that mean Cole Tucker would be there? Well, because Vanessa because, Hudgens because is, gonna, Vanessa is Hudgens famous. Is famous, and this isn't this what famous people do? Is just go to the, <laughs> the big events? I think Cole Tucker might be at like the Met Gala going forward. You yeah. Uh-huh. Very funny text message from your significant other, Gabriella, saying, "Who is this?" <laughs> About Cole Tucker. When that news came across, I don't oh, know, like, question. like E News or whatever. These days, who's <laughs> Cole Tucker? That's, who's Cole Tucker? I just want to say, I want more people to resist the urge to comment on how good or bad Cole Tucker is at baseball. I don't know what that has anything to do with love. <laughs> Sounds like she really likes him for his personality. Or maybe she just really loves minor league baseball. Right, really loves those curls. Hey, man. 
He's got a very infectious smile. I don't know why this would be the moment that you think that you need to give a 80 grade scout report on Cole Tucker. Yeah. Like, come on, this guy's it's the happiest day of his life. Let him yeah. Live. Yeah. Come on, who let cares? Him live. So you will be watching the Super Bowl. Probably. I think so. Can you name five players in the Super Bowl? Can you name the two teams in the Super Bowl first? <laughs> we are. We got Chiefs and Eagles. Okay, good. All right. They're both really good. That's what I hear. Like, they deserve to be here. I um, I, I agree with that opinion. Mm-hmm. They earned it. Yep. And and Patrick Mahomes. There's one. Boy. I mean, this whole game. Should have been a baseball player, Pat Mahomes. He, he absolutely should have. We should have been talking about him throwing a complete game shutout in the World Series I this know. year. Not I a, said he became a baseball owner. How sad is that? It's so depressing. Yeah. So Pat Mahomes is one. You got four more to go. We can't start this pod till you name five players that are going to be on Super Bowl Sunday. We're going to be here a while. <laughs> really? Wow. So this is this is eye-opening to me. You're really just fully out on football. You haven't swung back. We can't do a Tipping Pitches football spinoff pod. I think we could. I think it'd be very entertaining. It'd almost be too easy. Yeah. Like, the football owners, they don't even try to pretend like they're trying. Right. Like, the story's kind of, I feel like we'd get kind of bored. After a while, they just regurgitate the same story. Dan Snyder's done it again. Yeah. This just in. Mm -hmm. Okay. You heard of this Jerry Jones guy? (laughs) Um, Okay, Pat Mahomes. He's going to be playing on Super Bowl Sunday. You heard it here first on Tipping Pitches. There's two. Nice. There's two brothers, one on each side. Damn. That's crazy. (laughs) Good for... Good for them. Okay, that's enough football talk. Um, We have a fun podcast in store for everybody. We are going to be joined by Tipping Pitch's Yankees fandom correspondent, Mike Schubert, to to talk about the year in Derek Jeter and the year in Aaron Judge and some other fun things. And then we are going to do some listener questions. But before we do all of that, I am Bobby Wagner. I am Alex Baisley. And you are listening to Tipping Pitches. Mike Schubert is here. And when I say here, I mean here. You mean oh, here, hello. in the hey. studio, in person, in the Tipping Pitches studio. Mike, first question, how does it feel to be the first and only guest to appear in person in the Tipping Pitches studio? Well, which I, I keep saying studio. Yes. It's just a bedroom. No, hey. No, it's just, well, there's a sign and some microphones, but it's really just a bedroom. That makes it a studio. By Brooklyn, it, for Brooklyn purposes. Yeah. yeah, that does make it a studio. How does it feel? It feels pretty good. I mean, it makes sense to have a Yankee fan on for the only slash first guest on Tipping Pitches, comma, a Yankee podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I think my first appearance since that reign of terror. What a time. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think you're right. In retrospect, just a just a bad bet by me. I just made the wrong bet. I made the wrong bet. Uh, it was a fun week. It was a fun week. It was a good time. But no, I'm happy to be here. I'm very excited. Thank you for having me here in, in the lovely studio. You're, you're currently bathed in the warm glow of our neon sign right now. This it's is, really good. It really, it, it works for chemistry. I think, like, I think it really kind of just boosts the vibe. I wanted to have a sort of like, um, you know, like touchdown Jesus at Notre Dame, where like everybody has to kind of like pay respect to the yeah. to the statue at, at Notre Dame football. I wanted to have kind of that feel to it. I want people to come here and have to pay respect to the neon sign. 
Yeah. I like, like take it. A, take, take a selfie with it. We mm-hmm. put, them, put them up on a wall. Sure. Whatever you need me to do, I'll do. <laughs> but I think it's nice just staring at it the entire time to be like, <laughs> right, right. Your yeah. retinas Baseball are really everybody. not going <laughs> to thank you for this at the end of this. Um, Mike, you know, you're here to hang out, but you're also here because we're doing your podcast in about 20 minutes. But we Hello. wanted to have you on Tipping Pitches first. Bit of a home and home situation here. Mm-hmm. Um, my first question for you, it's about the film 80 for Brady. <laughs> and the question is if they made an 80 for Derek or 80 for Jeter do you think that you would be in the demographic of people that would go see that film because 80 for Brady is coming out and everybody's like what is this why are they making this but I kind of feel like if they did that for Derek Jeter people would go you would go well here's my question and I intentionally didn't search this because I couldn't put Tom Brady into even an incognito (laughs) window in good conscience what's the 80 what, what I is, think that um, the women who are going to see him, I believe that they are turning 80. And for they, they are now 80 years old, and so they're going to see his performance in the Super Bowl as a celebration for their birthdays. Right? I think that's, I think that's correct. Is that actually? I think that's actually yeah, it. Yeah, that's yes. a, that is actually. There's four 80-year-old women, and okay. they want to go see Tom because they're big fans of him. Oh, okay. So, I thought there was like a new movie about Tom Brady coming that, out. And that, that is the is movie. The movie. It's the, that's it's the about, plot of the oh, fictional film, oh. 80 for Brady. I thought it was like, because he just retired, right? Right. Yeah. I thought it was some sort of like his version of The Captain or Last no. Dance where it was 80 for Brady. No, okay. This is so a there, Hollywood there is studio a, film, Okay, there's a Brady. fictional film where 80-year-old women go to the, the previous Super Bowl because Tom Brady lost and didn't make it this <laughs> right. time, yes. which I'm very happy about. Yes. But okay. I so if they did I mean, this for Jeets, would you go? Yes. I mean, any any <laughs> any Yankee tangential thing, I would do it. See, the movie writes itself. Then let's yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. I thought it was like an extension of his. You know, his like what the TB twelve right, or whatever right, method, like his like mm-hmm. rules for life. I thought this yeah. was kind of like the lot. It's like his retirement rules for life. You know, sure. eighty for Brady. Like here's what you do once you're cashing those social security <laughs> checks. I mean, Tom Brady is his own thing. And I actually think him and Derek Jeter are actually closer than than people might imagine. Derek Jeter just has better social skills. Okay. <laughs> but they're also they're like friends. Didn't didn't Brady live in Derek Jeter's mansion? Yeah. The yeah. famous mansion that we discussed on tipping pitches many times. Oh, I don't mm-hmm. know about that, but yeah. uh, I don't know. I just, look, I'm trying to be not let's see i'm just trying to f- live in this new life where Derek jeter is very publicly out there and stuff now it's a whole new completely different world where he's like oh i didn't get to just actually make any decisions in the marlins let me re change into celebrity Derek jeter mode and it's fun well that's what i mean that's what i'm so confused about though is that he's maybe a little bit overexposed now but also mm-hmm. just trying to be everywhere in business and media kind of like Alex Rodriguez? Well, here's the thing and here's why I think it's beautiful and here's why I'm glad I'm on Timming Pitches to discuss this is I think Derek Jeter in, how long has he been doing this? When did the captain come out? Like six months ago? Like, yeah, in half yeah. a year he's year. already gone past Alex Rodriguez and what Alex has Gauntlet been trying. Throne. I No, it's no question. He's on 2K or not 2K, the show 23. Mm-hmm. He's had he had his whole documentary series about him. Yeah. He can hop on MLB network whenever they want him to. He's on late night with Fallon. Like he was like on the gonna, cover of GQ as right. like one of the best dressed athletes. Mm-hmm. He's getting on commercials. He's becoming like, oh, yeah. commercial guy. Like he's doing Jeep stuff. Like he yes, network would let him get in the booth literally whenever he wanted. Yeah. He's not gonna do that, but yeah. He's I I I just feel like he's already surpassing A-Rod in terms of what he's trying to do. Yeah. Or at least he's on a trajectory 
history where it's going to happen. And I just find it so funny because Arod's think- trying so hard. And Jeter just decided, like, what if I wasn't just a complete shut in and skyrocket? Yes, yeah, he's <laughs> learning from Arod's mistakes. That's all he's doing. <laughs> That's kind of how he's handled his whole career, no? <laughs> I think it's fantastic. And even look at A-Roddy buys the Timberwolves. They make a horrible trade. And now they're only <laughs> like just now becoming okay at basketball. It's. Oh. Do you think that this is setting, Derek is setting something else up? Because obviously this yeah. is, now we're beyond promotion for the captain. Like he made a Twitter account to right, promote right. The, the documentary. And he made a bunch of media appearances for the documentary too. But now it's like, this has to be for something else. So what do you think that something else is? I feel like he's... Maybe trying to angle for like MLB TV analyst type thing, but it, it just feels like he's above that. Yeah, like, it or it feels like he wouldn't have to try to do that. Like all he would have to do is tell them, hello, I'd like to do this. And they would say yes. And it wouldn't be a question. I feel like he would, I don't think he wants to own a team. I don't know if he's like trying to get in a position where he could be in some sort of front office. Like he seemed genuinely pissed by the Marlins thing. Like the statement he released, he was like legitimately furious that the Marlins refused him from trying to put together a good baseball program. Like he seemed actually upset about that. I'm not really sure what he expected. Right now, like we (laughs) we kind of should have seen that one coming. Ugh, but I don't. I don't know. It feels like he's angling for something. Right. He's like soft launching why. like a big, a business venture. So it's like when like artists in like the early two thousands or whatever, like when they were dropping an album, would like mm-hmm. start posting stuff on like Instagram, you know, or like make you go to a cryptic website. Yeah. You have to like fill out a code and figure out the clue. Like, yeah. What does Jeter's album reveal look like? You know, like buying the Knicks. Oh, I mean. Don't, don't tempt me. I would love that so much. But Dolan made some statement recently where he's like, grumble, grumble. It's a family business. We're never selling. How do you feel about um, selling your face to James Dolan? Oh, by going to Madison Square Garden? Well, I haven't gone to a game yet. And I can still act like that's why I'm not going. And mm-hmm. it's not money plus COVID. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not cool. I don't like that at all. And I don't like James Dolan being on a press tour. That makes me very sad as a Knicks fan. It's never fun to be like, James Dolan was on Fox News. Like, oh, great. Right. Cool. Very fun. Love to hear that. What are the percentage chances that Derek Jeter runs for president? I think too low. I don't think he's going like for under that. five. I don't think it's a politician yeah. push. I don't under one percent. Yes. Like if we woke up tomorrow and it was like Derek Jeter wants to get in there for the Republican nomination, the Democratic nomination. I don't See, really but know. like he strikes me as like a career bureaucrat, you know, as like a guy who like trusts the system. And clocks in every day. And, you know, like, does he want to lead the country or does he just want to, like... Well, he's like know, the captain, though. I don't I, know if you yeah, saw but the film. You lead, you lead by example, you know? <laughs> Isn't that what the president does? <laughs> Is it? Would you vote for Derek Jeter for president? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what if he ran as a Republican? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I like this game we just... This this new game that we just invented on Tipping Pitches called Test Mike's Limits. That's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty good one. Uh, I don't I don't know what he's going for. It does feel like something, but I'm trying to figure out like in baseball what that even is because you yeah. have it in basketball where players will go on TNT or something and then try to sound smart on the broadcast and then get a coaching job. Steve Kerr did it and it worked. Stan Van Gundy did it and it didn't work. Yeah. But I don't know. He he doesn't seem like he wants to be a manager. It doesn't seem like he wants to get back into the front office thing just because the Marlins stuff was so bad. So unless he's trying to buy a team... I mean, I he did own part. Of, he owned part of the Marlins, yeah. so uh, there was much consternation about how much of the Marlins he actually owned. Mm-hmm. Like he, he said repeatedly, "I made a significant investment," and then some people reported it as like fifty million. And 
that's like not that significant <laughs> for owning a, sure. you know so for owning a legitimate percentage of the the baseball team but i mean i could see him getting into sports ownership honestly i think it'd be more likely that he would buy a different buy a team in a different sport than baseball mm. like i feel like his marlins experience he was too close to it in yeah. a way like he was too he knows so much about baseball that he couldn't detach himself from the fact that he wasn't allowed to make all of the moves mm-hmm. that he would want to make. So, you know, maybe he's going to buy like the fucking Eagles. Hear me out. XFL style competitor league oh. to baseball. Well, as we know, that is illegal. <laughs> You're not allowed. <laughs> There's an antitrust exemption. Oh, man. Which a, which, which, a, which a federal court just struck down the appeal by Major League Baseball to strike down. Uh, If Derek Jeter is the reason that they take away the antitrust exemption, we will regrettably on the Tipping Pitches podcast have to hand it to him. (laughs) We will be a Yankees podcast forever in perpetuity. I did not agree to that, but okay. (laughs) The other thing that it could be is maybe he's just like, well, I'm not doing the Marlins thing. I don't know what I'm doing next. Why don't I just get the easiest money possible? Put me on the cover of MLB The Show. Let me go on Fallon. Let me do a bunch of commercials. Like It could just genuinely be very easy passive income, Derek Jeter. Right, exactly. He's like, I'm just going to get this back. I'm just. I'm, right. It's the Shaq move, right? Yeah. Let me just be in the <laughs> in the public eye and yeah. cash the checks. If right. Derek Jeter starts doing the general commercials, we'll know that that's what <laughs> it was. Buys Domino's. Like. <laughs> Look, a Derek Jeter versus Shaq beef could be incredibly compelling stuff. Yeah. But no, yeah. they're put their powers together, man. Don't make them enemies. I I will say what I think is very Derek funny. Jeter and Shaq buddy comedy. The timing of Jeter being on the show twenty three is so funny because everyone was like, "Oh, with MLB Show twenty two, like two two Jeter, it's too perfect." And they did this whole thing where they were like announcing it on February second. Everyone's like, "Oh, it's going to be Jeter," and then they were like, "Shohei Otani, you are on the cover." <laughs> So him being on the next year after, I think, is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> like the year that would have been perfect. And it's like, oh, Jeter's here. And look, I told myself I wasn't going to buy another one because I bought the show 21. I was like, I'm not going to buy another one until Jeter's in the game. And I'm, like, still, rocking the, I'm have... still rocking the show 19. I'm not afraid. Mm-hmm. I don't need new shit. What do I need that for? Players are the same. <laughs> same guys. But now Jeter's in it. You can do the jump throw. <laughs> <laughs> the inefficient jump throw? Look. The negative DRS jump throw. It gets results. It's not the journey. It's a destination. And the jump throw is cool. (laughs) Do you think Derek Jeter would make a good Major League Baseball commissioner? Honestly, yes. Yeah. I think he would because he's seen so much bullshit that the Yankees did. Like, that was my favorite part of the captain is getting to hear Jeter just be like, oh, they tried to screw me over. (laughs) Like, Cashman was horrible to me. Like, Do you think that that the owners could get behind that? No, that's Mm. the problem. I think the players would like... I mean, because we've never had a player... As a commissioner, right? Or like, like at least in you don't know what Rob was doing on the field. I, mean, I guess I don't. Know. High school, right? You know, maybe I mean, maybe been... there was a commissioner in like 1904 who like played for the fucking Federals or something. What was like, his I don't name? Know, like... Come up with the name. Come on, Come on. Mark Sinclair. <laughs> <laughs> but would, would nice callback. Do would he want to do anything with like players' union? Do you think he wants to? Get, like, is he that passionate about? I don't think hating so. the way that arbitration and all that kind of stuff goes down. I don't know. I like. I think it'd be interesting to have that perspective in the commissionership, right? Yeah. Of like someone who's actually been on the field. Like he would be miles better than a guy like Manfred. Like I don't know that he'd be pro player, but he'd certainly be more antagonistic to the owners. I would have to think he would at least be like anti bullshit. Right. Like he would at least not want that. But then right. again, he's none like, of the owners. Would go he's for the it. adult in the room, right? He's like, I'm not left. I'm right. I'm I'm forward. <laughs> and know? also. The thing is, I don't know if the owners would ever like hand over that amount of power to someone that popular. Mm. Because then if they tried to take it back, mm-hmm. like 
nobody would get mad if they fired Rob Manfred tomorrow. People would right. get mad if they fired Derek Jeter for whatever he would do as baseball commissioner. So I, it's yeah. a pipe dream. I think it would be. I think it would be a lot better than Rob. In terms of the players' union, I mean, I think he would be a very valuable asset to them. He's a he's a guy, you know, like he's a titan of the baseball world mm-hmm. for whatever that means. He knows people. People take his phone call, like all that cliche business bullshit. Like actually, right. is true of Derek Jeter inside baseball. Um, I'm just that's why I'm curious about what his next move is because you don't just go twenty years, thirty years in the spotlight, completely avoiding any sort of unnecessary you know, appearance or fame or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden change your mind overnight, especially right. as he, as he's like, he's married with kids now. Like right. this is the p- part of your life where you're supposed to recede from the spotlight, <laughs> sure. not lean into it. Well, and he also already had the successful post career offshoot thing with the players tribune. Like, right. He did that right after you retired. Well, I mean, how successful are we talking? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the financials, but at least like there's a lot of articles and people still write to it and they've got a bunch of podcasts. I feel like every now and then yeah. I see a clip from some new show hosted by athletes I don't recognize if they're yeah. not in baseball or basketball. I guess just like football and other shows, but like you see the little apostrophe and you're like, oh, another player should be in things. So yeah. like they're at least still doing it. Right. Yeah. He has that media empire. He can rest on those laurels and be like, I did the, th- I did the LeBron thing. I started right. my own media company for mm-hmm. players. I'm we- set. But it's actually a legit one, right? <laughs> As opposed to like LeBron's friends and Rich Paul. <laughs> no shade at Spring Hill. If they would like to invest in the Tipping Pitches podcast, you got my name and number. Um, we played a game at the beginning of this podcast called How Many Players Can You Name in the Super Bowl? And Alex could name two. Oh, I think, think that you can add to that. Uh, Mahomes, right? Yep, that was one of the two that he named. So that's not even additional. Yeah, I think that might be where it stops. <laughs> oh no, wait, it's the no. I, I know the teams. It's the Eagles and the Chiefs. Okay, yeah, we're good. Yeah. So, so he's matched you so far, right. Alex. <laughs> That's about it. I know, like, I don't know. Wasn't the no, no, nothing. I'm so happy. I'm so bad at this. This makes me really happy. Wow, guys, I'm so proud of myself. We live in a divided America. Here on the coasts, we don't watch football too violent. That's it's not coasts. It's just <laughs> terror. It's so boring. It is. Painfully boring. I love this take. Uh, that, football, I love that take too. It's stopped, so boring. It, like, it stops all the time. Happens, it's like, here, let's wait 30, 30 seconds. Yes. Yeah, I know. For it's anything like, else to happen for oh, four seconds, it's like, awesome. you want to talk about baseball not having enough action. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. At least there's a pitch, you know? Right. You can admire the art. Mm-hmm. Football, we're just, all right, there's another gain of one yard. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so much more boring. <laughs> okay. Um, from Derek Teeter to your current beloved, Aaron Judge. Mm-hmm. My first question for you about Aaron Judge. Uh, uh-huh. Obviously, we want to talk about the contract and the the fear of maybe potentially losing him. Mm-hmm. But my first question is, how far behind Derek Jeter is he in your mind? And if if he is behind him still. Yeah. And what would he need to do to surpass DJ? I feel like he's going to... He's gonna have to at least get close in World Series rings. Like oh, wow. the sixty-two, he's got some he's got, it's mm-hmm. it's tough. But like, I'm no tell you one, right now, it's not gonna happen. I, I mean, the Yankees stink. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, the sixty-two was really cool, especially some of those are impressive with the sixty-two. The sixty-two was super cool. Wow, flex on yeah, subtle flex. I mean, flex on me flex. buying a bunch of tickets at the freaking <laughs> Alamo Dome or whatever the hell their stadium is called. Yeah. So wait. So you were in Texas just for for Potterless purposes. I was for in, newest Olympian. I was in Houston with family because I was staying with my parents, and then I was going to go to a wedding in Dallas, and this was part of me and my wife just like traveling. And I remember we were in Utah previously with my in laws watching the games, like seeing if you would hit it. And then when we were in Houston, 
after that, that was that Orioles series. And I was like, oh, he's going to hit it during this series. We watch every game. And then once he didn't hit it during that game, my dad and I, who's a huge Yankees fan, we looked at each other and we're like, I always buy tickets to the Dallas game. And he, it was a Monday for the first one. He had work, he had these meetings. He was going to have to miss stuff. And I was like, well, dad, I am going. <laughs> like, if you want to come too, but like, I will be there. Yeah. And my sister, fortunately, lives in Dallas. So we went to that game. He didn't hit it in the first one. My dad had to go. But then I was just like, once his last at bat finished, I bought tickets for the next day, which was a doubleheader. I bought tickets for the first game from the outfield, like through SeatGeek, sponsor the pod police. And then I went to that They're game. You're not going to be able to sponsor because I'm going to bleep it because no free ads. So. I went to that game fully like, all right, I'll go to this game. And then if it doesn't look like he's going to do it, I'll buy to the next one. And I'll just like go to every single game. So you were on your Roger Maris junior type beat yeah I, okay it was just like if i'm gonna be here little did people know that mike was just off camera to the right next to roger maris jr and he was talking about vaccines he was talking about merch oh, sales no. wait is maris jr an anti-vax dude i missed like all wasn't he this. right or was he just like a the woke mob is ruining the country guy? Was, I, I thought he was i thought it was more confined to baseball where he was more just like no taint i'm just records. making that up like, that's yeah, sick like, mm-hmm. oh yeah he was, oh right it was, it was just, like yeah barry bonds does not count or something like that which, I like, mean, you get him a couple drinks, you get him talking, who knows, right? <laughs> when he was going up for his like final at bat, I was like actively in between the innings looking at the seat geek for the different seats of like how much do I want to pay, where do I want to sit? And there was like one seat that was not an astronomical amount left with an okay view. And even though he had one more at bat, I was like, let me buy this just in case. And then he didn't hit a home run in his last at bat. So then I just like hung around outside the park. I went to the Guy Fieri uh, taco place <laughs> <laughs> to get food, sat outside, read a bunch of Percy Jackson so that I could do like a work in between um, and then went to the game. <laughs> That's then, hard work right there, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just got to tune into the YA novel. I'm sitting here. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, they let me back into the stadium because it was in between, got to the seat and then he hit it in that first at bat and it was just... It was so cool. I just like sat in my seat and I just like kept following the trajectory of like where the ball was just to like burn it into my brain, right, like yeah. what it looked like. And it was really cool. And what was funny about it was I was on the like down the third baseline upper ish foul territory to where where he actually hit it in left field. I had a slightly obstructed view, so I couldn't see that very leftmost part of the fence so i didn't see the guy fall in and i didn't see the ball actually go over so just when he finally hit it i'm just like screaming like come on go and like i had to wait the ball went down behind a thing i couldn't see and i had to like just wait for like a second and yeah. then you hear everyone erupt and, yeah. and it honestly made it way cooler that i didn't get to like legitimately see it go over and i had to just like wait for the eruption of the crowd it was awesome i started crying it was great <laughs> how how long do you think you would have kept going like if I would have gone to literally every of the four. I would have gone to each of the four Dallas games. Okay. And then it was and just then, one of those, like, I'm already planning on being in Dallas next weekend. I can just go a little earlier. Like, I got to do this. It would be one of those. It was honestly more so that if he did it, I wouldn't regret it for the rest of my life. Right. Like, more so than that than actually being <laughs> <Right>. there. It was <laughs> just, like, deleting the future regret. Uh, and it was totally worth it. It was super fun. So how did it feel to see a man get into seventh on the record? <laughs> Look. You know, really the AL versus NL thing is so convenient that like all the steroid guys were in the AL, so you can just I say know. AL record and yeah. it's really cool. Yeah, I know. I know. But, like, no, I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as the actual baseball team, I don't know. Like he's not going to hit 62 again. <laughs> it's been it's not looking great since we didn't really add anybody. We got Rodon. That's cool. It's very fun. Rodon is um, amazing and yes. a total badass, and you're going to love watching him pitch. I'm excited. He's like Nestor Cortez, but he throws 99. I like um, that. That's fun. <laughs> that sounds good. I like it. He's not quite as like fun of a person. Person, personality wise, 
um, Carlos is a very serious man most okay. of the time. He has a very dry, funny Great. sense him of humor. Him and Garrett Cole will get along, and then Nestor Cortez can be. <laughs> I don't think him and Garrett Cole are going to get along, frankly. Right. Right. Those are like two magnets. He's like a serious in a different way than Garrett Cole. Okay. He's like not okay. serious about like what wine he likes. He's like okay. serious about hunting. Uh, mm. But he's a nice guy. He is a nice right. guy. That's You're going to like him. You're going to love him. I think it's going to be great. Did any part of you ever think that Aaron Judge was not going to be on the New York Yankees? I was a little scared. I was a little okay. worried. And not in a way where I would fault him, but more of just like, if the Yankees don't just like back up the truck after this season, then like, yeah, yeah then leave. But we did back up the truck. Like, I, I still think that contract we gave him before that season was like completely fair. Like when they leaked that, which leaking it was a BS was a tough move. Scene. Yeah, tough scene. I didn't, and I agreed. Like that was stupid. That wasn't even a leak though. You remember Brian Cashman just came I out mean, and said yeah. it at a press conference. <laughs> he just spilled it. <laughs> He's like, like this it was the deal. Yeah. But when I saw the actual terms of the deal, I was like, okay, so we actually did offer him like a fair contract. Yeah. I still think in a league without salary cap, just like, just go over more. But it's not like we gave him an insulting offer. But after you have this season, like, yeah, just give him whatever we want. And it's just like, it's so frustrating. And thankfully, I feel like Yankee subreddit was on board with this. Yankee Twitter is a mess. And I don't stand by that, except for when it's <laughs> tipping pitches come at Yankees podcast. Right. But I feel like most people in the subreddit are like, there's no salary cap, like very along the lines with you guys. Like, just pay him the money. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. It's Aaron Judge. And all these people sometimes will be like, oh, but like the contract's going to age well or, or oh, the contract's not going to age well. Like those later years, paying him whatever. Like, you'll never get mad at the money you pay Aaron Judge. Like, even when Derek Jeter wasn't super great the last couple of years, like it, you don't give a damn about how much money. I'm furious at how much money we're giving Aaron Hicks. But like Aaron <laughs> Judge, I'll who cares? We could be paying him $100 million a year and he could be batting 112. And I'll be like, I don't care. He had 62 home runs. It doesn't matter. <laughs> It doesn't matter. <laughs> this just in, Mike Schubert, out on Aaron Hicks. <laughs> oh, incredibly. <laughs> because I was so in on him last year. I was like, last, I have a text message to my friend Josh where I was like, yo, I actually think Aaron Hicks is going to be like sneaky good this year. <laughs> Terrible. Like he was on the RTC2 Never will you fear he was more like personally be straight. I was like, When yeah. he said 30-30 on the RTC2 pod, I was like, come on, dog. Oh, yeah, that well, hurts. I was like, come well, on, dog. He's got the wrist injury. You know what like, you shouldn't do? Fine. Predict that you're going to go 30-30. Like, <laughs> so. you know who I would accept a prediction for 30-30 from? Ricky Ronald, Henderson, Ronald Acuna, Acuna? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, Ricky Henderson. If he unretired, I would accept a prediction for thirty thirty from. He'd at least get the thirty. He'd find a way. Yeah, he'd he'd get he'd get the thirty. Um, so you were you were you were worried. I was he wasn't going to be there. I was you thought worried. arson judge. You thought did, it was happening. I, I was going to ask. So did you get to experience that as it happened, or? Because I don't because that was pretty early in the morning when all that when all that went down. Well, I was in Australia at the time, so it was weird time, but it was also strange because I don't have international data and Kelly has Sprint, my wife, and she's got full free international stuff. So I just don't ever do it, which is actually really nice when we internationally travel. I'm just like so detached from my phone. Right. It's but love. if you need something, then Kelly can so use it. That, right. I need so like I we've put my work email on her phone and that is it. So that if stuff came up we could get make wow you heard okay. it here on the tipping pitches podcast if you need to get in touch with mike when he's abroad you got to hit up kelly <laughs> but that was like the one thing where i was like i wanted to keep checking it but also it was pointless so like weirdly because i couldn't check but yeah i was i was worried that he was gonna go to the giants because i thought the giants were gonna do the classic like we'll just give all the money we don't actually care if we're good we're just gonna put all the money and if we pay him a ludicrous amount then so be it and i was legit afraid that it was going to happen. Like it, it was, I was still kind of like confident that he would, but not enough where I was not worried. Like I still would have bet on him staying, but if I found out that he left, I wasn't going to freak out. I am very glad that I had no data or service during the whole arson judge giants fake league <laughs> thing. Cause then I would have right. been 
it would have been a really rough situation. So <laughs> thankfully, I didn't check until it all fell through. And then it made Heyman look even worse, which as someone who's invested in not liking Heyman, it made me really happy because he's just the Cashman mouthpiece. So right. for him to look really stupid, I was, oh, I was delighted. I was That's so his happy. vibe. He's just the ownership mouthpiece. Yeah, he's the, exactly. Now he, but Heyman's thing now is like, with the Mets at least, he he's like really empath, uh, sympathetic with like the parts of the Mets front office that are worried that Steve Cohen is spending too much money. Yeah. You know, like the unnamed sources within the Mets front office who are worried about the process mm-hmm. that the Mets are going through and throwing around all this money. I'm like, dog, you need to take a long look in the mirror yeah. if you're the guy writing that piece. Yeah. If you're the guy writing the 15 billionaire is spending too much money on making <laughs> Mets fans happy. Like, go yeah. tell that to, like, an eight-year-old Mets fan. It's like, ah, actually, the process wasn't great on this one. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't wear your Max Scherzer jersey. Like, get the fuck out of here. Well, I mean, like, just national reporters love to, like, talk to one source, you know, like a data entry guy in a yeah. front office, and then be like, this reflects a large population of the <laughs> league, this one person's thoughts. And I love when you can, like, see, you can see in, like, the tweet when he's kind of copy and pasted the statement, because it's like... Remember when Nightingale we, got exposed for literally think, copy and pasting we a PR think statement? That the Mets are uh, spending too much money. It's like, oh, interesting, John. We we think <laughs> that. Uh, so yeah, I was worried. I, was I would worried. accept. I, I would accept John Heyman on this podcast, though. So please, <laughs> of course, say some kind words about him, John. If you're listening, you're you know you're a hard worker. You know, a fun John you carry Heyman a lot thing. of water for a lot of different people. Yeah, <laughs> that back's gotta hurt. <laughs> <laughs> a fun John Heyman Yankees thing is for a long time back in his era when his Twitter avi was a bit moji of him mm-hmm. because all of his leaks and stuff for Should whatever switch to a bit moji <laughs> tipping pitches just to- <laughs> because during his era when like his stuff was so unreliable about the Yankees on the Yankees subreddit if you ever link a Heyman tweet it inverts his picture so it's upside down <laughs> just so that if you ever read something with an upside down bitmoji you'd be like oh it's just Heyman it doesn't matter like whatever this tweet says take it with 5,000 grains of salt is, like, is that like what they do with the flag when there's like in distress you know like my <laughs> my national baseball reporter is <laughs> needs help SOS <laughs> Oh, God. So, yeah, I'm glad I missed Arson Judge. I was worried. I was very worried. But I was relieved when the reports were out that it was like, Hal's just going to pay whatever. It's like, good. This is what we should yeah. do. He had 62 home runs. Just give him a blank check. It it doesn't matter. You make so much money just from licensing a loan of Yankee hats. Like, yeah. it does not matter. Just give him whatever he wants. Right. Like, the sa- the Paris sales of Yankees hats will yeah. cover that yeah. Aaron Judge contract. Dude, the number of Yankee hats I saw in Australia, wild. It's insane. Yeah. Wild. When you go to Europe, like, everybody is wearing a fucking Yankees hat. So I'm like, do many. they sell any other hats here? It's, it's ridiculous. It was, it was, and it was very funny. Kelly, the day after the judge signing happened, every time we would pass someone wearing one, she was like, You should ask them if they're happy about the Aaron Judge signing. Like, they're <laughs> not going to know who that is. They're not going to know who that is. like hugging people in the streets. <laughs> yeah. There's so many people with Yankee hats. That's a really funny bit by Kelly. Though. Really good. That's, yeah. that's good. Yeah, nice work, Kelly. Yeah, she's very funny. It was really good. <laughs> um, okay. Mike Schubert, thank you, sir. Uh, we appreciate you every time you come on and speak for all Yankees fans who yeah, definitely of feel 100% of, of the way that you feel 100% mm-hmm. of the time. You're the avatar, the voice of Yankee <laughs> fandom. Um, people can find you on various podcasts. Which of those podcasts would you like to talk about at this moment in the outro of your segment here? Let's talk about meddling adults in this case, because you two are going to be on an episode. We're 
doing a season four part A, part B switch thing. So you guys are going to be on part B. So I think it'll be in the fall of 2023. This guy's like Netflix. He does half seasons yeah. of podcasts. Like you have so many pods. Well, it's it's a content lot. machine churns. And it's one of those, like I was sitting on episodes a while and then I was taking Metaline Dolts Independent and that was a process and that process is over. And I was like, all right, let's get these out and then I'll make the other episodes. But you two will be on. It'll be fun. We're going to do some Encyclopedia Brown Mysteries. The podcast is for charity. Basically, I recap mysteries from children's mystery novels like Scooby-Doo and Encyclopedia Brown, American Girl Dolls Mysteries, stuff like that. And then the guests compete to get the most right and whoever does earns money for a charity they're choosing. So that's what we're going to be doing. It'll be super fun. Bobby's been on before, but... Gonna... You're going to get washed, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a vet. You did Mary Come aboard, Rook. Let's go. <laughs> you did Mary Kate National ones before. You'll be doing Encyclopedia Brown ones. So yeah, you can check that. Search for Meddling Adults wherever you get your podcasts or go to meddlingadults.com. And then my stuff, you can just, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at shub17, S-C-H-U-B-E-S-1-7. And then my website is S-C-H-U-B dot E-S. Truly one of the more unhinged um, Yankees Twitter participants. So <laughs> if you want to get down and dirty in the insane Yankees Twitter of it all, tweet at Mike Schubert. Um, Mike, well, thank you, sir. It's, it's it's unhinged until the playoffs approach, and then I'm the most superstitious person that I don't say. Like you'll notice, I talk. <laughs> You're like zero. LeBron. You go like zero dark well, thirty twenty three or whatever he called just, it for the playoffs. I just can't. I'm I'm such a superstitious person in general because I grew yeah. up playing travel baseball. Right. So I just. I can't when it gets close in their stakes. Like, I don't tweet anything mean about, like, the Mets getting eliminated or the Yankees doing well. Like, it's nothing. I just tweet, like, nothing until, like, the World Series is over and we've won. Yay. Or we're eliminated and then I'll get a bunch of stuff. But Your I just, public so Twitter cautious. is not that in, in, insane. It's not that unhinged. But the stuff that you DM yes, us yes, in our little yeah. group chat <laughs> that we have with friend of the pod Kyle Banduho and then yes. the three of us here. Yeah. That's where the real mic comes yeah, out. Yeah, if so. those screenshots ever go out, which like, you're always welcome. <laughs> Elon, to, bro, like, drop the screenshots. You could drop the screenshots. Expose us. Feel free. But like, yeah, that's, I I always, I get too nervous because uh, I just, I don't want to jinx it. So I don't like to flex on the Yankees when it gets like yeah. too close to the season. You know, we need more sports superstitions that are like, be nice to the other fans, right? <laughs> like, I don't, I, I want my team to do well, so I'm going to be nice to Giants fans. Like, <laughs> like trying to accumulate as much exactly, karma yeah. as possible. I just, look, I just can't have the quote tweets and stuff because uh, on the reverse, like I've had, I do the other super petty thing where like once I was like having a really back and forth with this guy, one of my buddies from high school, like never tweets about the Astros until the playoffs come around. And then he's the world's biggest Astros fan. And he was doing all this stuff when the Yankees and Astros were playing against each other in one of the series. And then it was this, What happened in that series? I think uh, <laughs> it wasn't 2017, so I don't have to get mad at like the actual cheating. It was just 2019, the implied cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> they they beat us and then they lost the World Series to the Nationals that year, right? Yeah. Like that was when they lost or whatever. Right. And I just like, went, I didn't, you know, we had our whole back and forth. And then on like the minute after they lost the World Series, I went to that guy's Twitter and I liked every tweet, <laughs> every single tweet he put about the Astros oh from the playoffs on. God. I just like scroll like, 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 like. so funny. Like, and I don't want someone to do that to me. I'd be crushed. So like, I just can't yeah. tweet anything good about the Yankees or mean about <laughs> anything else from like August on. It's just like DEFCON Yankee and I'm just, I, I can't do it. That is really funny. Um, Mike Schubert, thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Alex, thank you to Mike Schubert. Please go subscribe to the Meddling Adults podcast, a podcast for charity that Alex... God damn it. It's for charity. And you're sneezing? I'm leaving all this in the podcast.
a podcast for charity that Alex and I will be participating in the second half of this current season. Alex, we have maybe my favorite listener question ever. This comes from Nick T. In the Tipping Pitches Patreon-only Slack channel. The question is, which teams would the main characters of Succession purchase oh my God. if they had to purchase a baseball wow. team? <laughs> New season of Succession coming March 26th. I just got to say, that's going to be a very important week for me. Succession, March 26th. Major League Baseball opening day, March 30th. My birthday and the new Boy Genius album, March 31st. March. Wow. March. March is underrated month. Underrated month. I feel like everybody's like, oh, March, so rainy and still kind of cold. I'm like, nope, you know what? It's the month of my birth. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. It's when baseball is reborn as well. Yeah. March is a great month. March is a great month. Succession, children, and I guess Logan Roy too. Yeah. Who's purchasing what team? I mean, you get the easy one out of the way, right? Like Logan's Logan owns the Yankees, right? Like if we're if alternate universe, mm-hmm. it's got to be right. Is there another obvious choice for him? I see. I feel like the Yankees are too prestigious. Isn't part of what makes Waystar Royco Waystar Royco is that they're not too snobby to stoop into the filth. Not to say that the Yankees are not mired in filth, because <laughs> right. they are yeah. a disgusting franchise that we just spent many minutes talking about with Mike Schubert. But that almost feels too obvious. I feel like he, well, first of all, I feel like he would just own like three Irish football teams. Well, well yes, yeah. But because we're sticking to the question here, I almost feel like Logan would buy the Red Sox. Okay. However, I feel like the Red Sox fit a different Roy child better. Like you have a different Roy child in mind. I think Shiv would buy the Red Sox. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Why? Because I think that she wants to like stick it to New York and I think that she wants to do something different. Mm. And Boston feels like close enough that she doesn't actually have to <laughs> fly to like Texas to see the Rangers play. You know, she doesn't want to do that. She's not going to buy a flyover team. No, that's well, for damn sure. Well, I was thinking, you know, there's a team in the mid Atlantic area that's actually currently up for sale. Mm. right now. Okay. One Washington Nationals. So which which child do you think is purchasing that team? Oh, well, so I think Shiv buys the Nationals. Oh, it's as like the an kind extension of, like, of her DC lobbying right, her arm. DC sort of, she's like, here's a team that would be really easy to gut and, uh, you know, turn for a profit. Right. Um, she's, she's in the area already, as it is a lot. I feel like that's kind of her, her way of breaking into that, like, upper crust of DC elite. Okay. I like that. Washington Nationals. Mm-hmm. Chivroy. Let's let's set the Yankees aside for a second. Let's set yeah. Logan aside for a mm-hmm. second. Because I'm okay with that if that's where we land, but I want to see what else you have set aside for the different characters. Okay. I, and I want to preface this by saying I feel like the actual answer is that Logan would own the Mets because <laughs> of the dysfunction and chaos and and downright absurdity of the New York Mets franchise. Mm-hmm. And I feel like all of the kids would just be fighting for the succession of the team. I, I believe that I've pitched this before. It's possible, yeah. As a prestige TV version, industry succession style. Right, well, we've talked about a baseball front office yeah. as the perfect setting for that sort of place. Yeah, like Moneyball meets industry meets succession meets 
We can keep naming. Hey man, no free, TV no free idea, ideas meets here. Sopranos <laughs> <laughs> meets the the wire. You meets, nailed it. Meets Mad Men. Sold. Keep going. <laughs> keep, the price is going up. I feel like Kendall Roy. This is who I'm most intrigued to hear who you have to say. I think he buys the Miami Marlins. Okay. I guess uh, this is this is maybe a a technical question too, right? But. You know, I'm wondering, is it these kids wake up on February 5th, 2023 and decide to buy these teams? Or is it more like what teams kind of spiritually resonate the most with each kid, right? Because I, because maybe Kendall doesn't think that the Marlins are, are the, the place to be right now. But I feel like his history and that team's history intertwine yeah. very well. Sort of, you know, he, he loves to go down to Miami. <laughs> And party, you know? Yeah. I think that the way that I'm interpreting the question is like, okay, all 30 teams are up for sale. Which teams do these characters bid on first? Right. Yeah. I think that Kendall Roy tries to buy the Angels. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, because he's like, actually, the Angels are in a really big market and we could actually turn things around down there. And I actually like, you know, the roster that they have yeah. and Orange County is a big growth potential for <laughs> developing the the outside area. You know, <laughs> like he talks himself into that being a good team to actually own uh-huh. somehow. I feel like and yeah. then he and then he still comes out of it with like the worst fucking franchise right. to own. Yeah, you know? of course. I do feel like feel like post rehab Kendall could do that, right? Because he's like, yeah. I need to get away from it all a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna go out with all the retirees in Orange County and just become a real estate developer. The logical conclusion for every uh, rich Nepo baby. An interesting question is which one of these kids buys the Rockies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was kind of struggling with that. I mean, I guess maybe it's Roman. Who did you have set aside for Roman, Roy? <laughs> so Roman really wants to buy a New York team. Yeah. Right. Like he, because he wants to show he can run with, with the big guns. Mm-hmm. I think he can't. Because he can't afford it? He can't afford it, or the owners are not interested in working with him. Yeah. I think he's boxed out and goes and buys, like, a Japanese baseball team <laughs> or, like, multiple teams. Who is the most, like, fuck it, we ball team? You know, like, the no process, no plan. I guess that kind of is the Rockies. Right, yeah. But they're they're different, though. They're, like, a family organization who only hires, like, farmers to right. run the front office. Yeah. Like, like would Tom buy the, buy the Rockies? No, 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 no. I think Tom would buy like the Orioles. Yeah, I was I was thinking the Royals too. You mm-hmm. know, like a team that kind of lives in sort of perpetual mediocrity. I feel like actually maybe Roman buys the Astros as mm-hmm. like a big middle finger to everybody else. He's like, no, I'm trying to get oh, behind what right. they did. Yeah. He's like, I don't care about the sign stealing. I actually like it. Yeah. I like that. For He's him. like, the process works. <laughs> Listen, you got a couple skeletons in the closet. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? Well, then the, the the big outstanding question still is, who does Connor buy? I mean, this is the hardest one, I think, because Connor, I think, doesn't care about baseball. Yeah. Like, is he interested in buying the Diamondbacks? I thought Diamondbacks, too. Right. Just so he can be out on his little desert retreat. <laughs> Arizona is an important state for the presidency. It, you know, <laughs> you buy the Diamondbacks, you turn that franchise around, you flip that state, whatever color, <laughs> for <laughs> whatever party. Right now. <laughs> He's trying to win it for? I don't know. I mean, he's running as like a libertarian, right? So you flip it yellow. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Greg, what's Greg buying? 
So it, it's unclear to me whether Nick wanted to know every single character or just the children, because right. clearly because Greg does not have enough money to it's purchase not, it's, a baseball team. Right. I feel like he would be like, shouldn't I buy the A's? Aren't they? <laughs> right. They're the cheapest team and also the team that's like, you know, on the cutting edge, so to speak. Right. He's the, the, the kind of bargain bin. Yeah. I feel like he probably, Greg probably has a decent amount of reverence for Elon Musk too. Like, I think if he, come on, give, give my man Greg some credit. <laughs> okay. Nationals to Shiv. Angels or Marlins to Kendall. Diamondbacks to Connor, which I love. Roman is buying the Astros. And I guess I guess Logan is buying the Yankees. I, I see your point about him it, being it, sort of a John Henry figure, right? It feels which too would, positive, you know? Like he's it's not villainous enough to own the Yankees. Although I I guess they are the evil empire. Right. But Yankees fans don't have an antagonistic enough relationship with their owners. I mean, I know that they that a certain subsect of Yankees fans are mad at the Steinbrenners, but I feel like the large majority of Yankees fans have a sort of quiet reverence towards the franchise because they're 27 rings, bro, and they always win, and they do it the right way, and they're class. Yeah, but isn't that the case with of like Waystar Roy- Royco's like consumers and they're like I TV guess. viewers? So then, what is Waystar Royco? Is Waystar Royco Fox? I mean, like the Murdochs? Yeah. Yeah, isn't that? I mean, isn't that kind I of what that's it's based kind of what of? it's loosely based on? But I don't know. I can't get over. Maybe they just buy the Rays. <laughs> I mean, the real answer is they have a shell company that has a bunch of individual shell companies that has stakes in multiple teams. Yeah, they buy a pickleball team. <laughs> Everybody's doing it. Kendall would definitely. That might honestly be a plot line in the upcoming season. Kendall uh-huh. buying a pickleball pickleball team. Yeah. Oh, the pickleball marketers are working overtime these days, man. If I never have to hear about that dumbass sport ever again. <laughs> I saw a video of it on Twitter a few weeks ago. It's just not entertaining. It's not fun to watch. They they like it's basically like tennis like a combination between tennis and ping pong. Where so it's like you're not getting they're not hitting it as hard as tennis, and they're not on a small as small of a surface as ping pong. So you're not as amazed in either direction. It's just really it's like the worst of both of those sports. <laughs> wow, big ping pong really out here, making you do some oppo work, huh? I I got the check mm-hmm. from Big Pong as long as it clears. Ping pong's entertaining. I mean, I'm not like firing it up on a Tuesday. <laughs> the real question is. Why why pickleball and not cornhole? I know. Cornhole is right there. Cheaper, you know, less elitist. Yeah. Anybody can play cornhole. You got a beanbag? Yeah, that's, a, that's the, sport, plywood. the sport of the people. It is. It is. It is. It's going to keep saying it is until the listener actually believes it. <laughs> it's fine. You know what? I don't I don't need it to be spread to mainstream elites who will just destroy it with oh. their woke branding. Right. Um, Protect the authenticity of the down-home American corn, cornhole player. Yeah, exactly. We see. We saw what happened when MLB went the way of went the, woke. the BLM leftists. Woke mob. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then they took the All-Star game away. What's next? The Cornhole National Championships taking place on the White House lawn yeah. while Biden stands behind them and claps on for... 
victories for the woke mob. Yeah. I'm not going to watch a single cornhole game in Portland, Oregon, where there's just <laughs> violence left and right. Come on. <laughs> we could lose a cornhole player to anarchy. Yeah. And he might just get murdered during the Cornhole <laughs> National Championship. Do you think that um you think that we could organize a tipping pitches cornhole tournament? I think honestly, now that I've said cornhole 38 times in the mm-hmm. last three minutes. It's just a branding problem, a naming problem. That's not a good name. Yeah, it's not. It's not a name that people want to say. A person does not want to walk up to another person and be like, hey, did you catch the cornhole match last night? You don't want another person overhearing that conversation. Right. It's just bad branding, frankly. Worse branding than pickleball somehow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who you're hanging out with, but me and my buddies would understand if, if you got a hole, you got a hole. These buddies that are definitely real that you have. Right. These that are not sitting six feet away from me right now. <laughs> it's a it's a invigorating television product, Cornhole. It is. You and I have, have partaken many times. Right. Where were we? We're going back to Logan Roy buying the Yankees. <laughs> I'm fine with it. It's fine. Who's commissioner in this world? Are we bound to picking characters who already exist in the succession universe no open up that third eye could be anybody i mean the succession universe is kind of like real life right except just just the characters that are in the show added into it it's like Mm semi-real eric adams (laughs) don't don't put that idea into the world is he would he be the worst baseball commissioner of anybody on planet earth as in right now if you put any person on planet earth into the commissioner's office for like a yes. hundred days. Like, would he do the worst job? Yes. Because he, the reason that he's dangerously bad is because he would actually try to do stuff. Mm-hmm. If you put like the first person that you saw on the street into the baseball commissioner role, they just wouldn't do anything right. for a hundred days. Come and, to work and cast a check and, and nothing would change. Yeah. But Eric Adams would be like, here's the thing. We got to get rid of the ball. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right there in the name. <laughs> I mean, is it that different from what we've got right now? Yes, I think it is. I think it is. Eric Adams, at least Rob was a lawyer, you know? Like, he understands process. He utilizes his understanding of process for evil purposes. But I don't think that there's any chance that 100 days from now, baseball doesn't exist if Rob is commissioner. But if Eric Adams is commissioner, I do think that there is at least a 1% chance that Major League Baseball does not exist 100 days later. Be like, once every six days, the Police Athletic League All-Stars gets to play the Yankees. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? See, like, I feel like he has too much, like, faux reverence for, like, history and, like, you know, n- New York. I feel like you need to pick a, a mayor or, or someone from that world who has, like, heavy ties to finance or, or mm. real, like, Garcetti would dismantle baseball don't talk bad about my guy <laughs> yeah that's your boy that's my guy me and him we have dinner at the french laundry uh-huh. you know we go to india together to be the ambassador like garcetti's selling the league for parts at this point to to investment interests overseas well how's that different from what's happening now i, I mean yeah exactly <laughs> but that's what i'm saying at least rob understands you know he understands the core business I don't know what Eric Adams understands about baseball. This is what he is a Mets fan. I know it. Yeah. Well, but didn't we determine that? Like yes. Because his, his son threw out the first pitch at a game or right. something like that. I, but I know that he really means it. Because mm-hmm. the, the level of chaos 
and lack of common sense to that man just screams Mets. Oh, you don't say it with your chest that loudly <laughs> unless you're a Mets fan. <laughs> All right, take it down a notch. <laughs> Do you think Eric Adams um, will let me on the police escort of the Mets World Series parade when they win? If I like start being really nice to him on the pod and on Twitter and stuff, I'm like, Eric Adams, that's my guy. You know, I wear like a custom Eric Adams Mets jersey to games and stuff. I try to meet him. I'm like, Mr. Mayor, I love what you're doing for the city. First of all, the war on rats is amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Um, no money for schools, no money for healthcare, no money for homelessness. But I'm really glad that there are sometimes two police, two police officers standing at some of the subway platforms that I get off yeah. in some places and some neighborhoods. Yeah. I mean, someone's got to do the hard work. And I think he actually would listen because he... Because he does listen to journalists yeah, like for, far more for, than he should. For lack of a better phrase, he reads the replies. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, if you start showing up at the press conferences and like cheering him on from the back, he would let me on the float. Like I, I feel like he'd be a very easy politician to bribe. That's parody. We're not trying to bribe Eric Adams. <laughs> How dare you suggest that Eric Adams would take a bribe? Throughout human history, law enforcement and their kind have never done something like that. So why would this be the first time? That's I I just Bill de Blasio hurt me so bad. You Yo, know? BDB has been his reputation has been recovered. Yeah. He was great in comparison. I, we <laughs> didn't know what we had, baby. <laughs> We're not doing this. Do we have other listener questions? What are we even talking about at this point? <laughs> Yesterday I had dinner with my cousin and his children, so my other cousins. I don't know how that works in the whole family tree situation. They're all my cousins. Yeah. And my cousin, who's about my age, he's a few years older than me, he said that if the Mets win the World Series, so he's never seen them win the World Series in his lifetime either. He said if the Mets win the World Series, he will take the week off before the parade, during the parade, and after the parade. He will take three weeks off from work. And you know what? He wasn't doing a bit. He wasn't making a joke. He Mm -hmm. meant it. Three weeks off of work. To that I say, I feel like the gauntlet has been thrown. I'll take the whole damn month off. I'm saying it right here on the pod. One month off for the Mets winning the World Series. I feel like my coworkers would understand. They don't want to see me during that month. Honestly, I'll be feral. So you're taking the month of October off? Is that the plan? Well, no. If they win the World Series, then it would be probably November. So it's not necessarily giving yourself the time to watch and experience the playoff run. It's... I don't need that much time with the games. (laughs) I don't need that much, you know, free time in my in my brain mm-hmm. to think about the the upcoming game. I, I need the month off for R and R from all the stress that I will have experienced for the previous four weeks. So I'm taking November off. Yeah, go to Europe, do a little eat, pray, love. But for the Mets, yep, I can finally let it go. You know, <laughs> for all the stress of my whole life, I can finally let it go. Okay, we do have other listener questions. The next three listener questions are all voicemails. I'm about to play the first. Hey guys, so I'm sitting over here in Minnesota Twins territory. Um, still a little bit happy that we somehow managed to get Carlos Correa after that fiasco. But uh, my question for you guys, how do we get people to stop glorifying the one big sign? Like everyone here in Twins territory are is acting like this is what's going to make the Twins playoff contenders. And they're just completely ignoring that we don't have a bullpen, we don't have a starting rotation, and we have, like, six left-handed outfielders. What do we do? Anyway, I'll take this off the, off the air. 
So, I mean, this is a good question because an argument that you often find yourself needing to make is, or an, an argument that I often find myself needing to make, especially since Steve Cohen took over the Mets, is more is actually more. You know, how, how can this be bad for me if the Mets keep signing all of the best players? Like you need to tell other people that it's not their job to be the accountant for the baseball team. That is somebody's job who is making probably five times as much as I make, you know? So my answer to this question is to ask whoever is making that argument to you saying, oh, we got Carlos Correa. Everything is fine to ask of that person. What does complacency as a fan ever get you? Mm -hmm. When has it been like when when has there been a time in baseball history where a fan base was like, yeah, this is good. We're, We're good. We're good here. Everything's fine. You don't have to try or you don't have to continue to try or continue to get better. And the team responded in kind. That just doesn't happen. And so you just have to be continuously more unreasonable. Yeah, you signed Carlos Correa. Okay, great. Who's next? Shohei Otani? Come to Minnesota. Come on down. Shoot for the moon. <laughs> that way you can land in the stars. That is my advice. I always think back to this uh, one square from a Calvin and Hobbes comic strip. Right on. Where? You more of a Calvin, Calvin or a Hobbes? I, you know, I think I'm a, I think I'm a Calvin, you know, mm-hmm. I'm an idealist. Um, but I've been burned by the world. Mm-hmm. You're a cynical idealist. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin's just repeating that, repeating that back to you, you know, just as the court reporter, it's just my job to let you know what you said. <laughs> I, I, I have, I have two beings who are warring inside <laughs> of me right now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Calvin's mom says to him, Calvin, things could be a lot worse. And Calvin responds, yeah, they could be a lot better, too. (laughs) And I think about that on an almost daily basis when it comes to baseball or just things in life in general, right? When I'm thinking about the the political party that um, says it it represents me and then then tells me to be happy with, with, you know, the the leftovers. Yeah. Yeah. Could things be worse when it comes to the political party? Like they've lost that end of the spectrum too. <laughs> like their whole argument was things could be worse, and uh, it's getting like, worse. Well, but I think it's a salient point to keep in mind with teams too, right? Like you said, yeah. why not go for more? Like what's where's the harm in what's there to in lose? That? Like I like I think that some people reflexively reject those sorts of hopes because they don't want to be let down. Right, they don't want to say, well, maybe there is an outside chance of Shohei Otani coming to the Twins, and then you think about it for three or four months over the course of the off season, and you've talked yourself into it mm-hmm. when it's not a reality. But like, but like, what is the what is the opposite of that though? Like, are are you going to be more disappointed by Otani not signing with the Twins as as this was like your fantasy right. than you are by like five hundred at bats from a below replacement level player? That is the version of complacency of you saying that, okay, now the Twins have done enough just by signing Carlos Correa, particularly in baseball, where it's such a big team. You know, like if you're a Timberwolves fan and they sign LeBron, maybe you probably shouldn't be complaining. (laughs) You're probably good there. You know, LeBron might win you a championship, Mm -hmm. but Carlos Correa is not going to win this Twins team that didn't even make the playoffs a World Series. So the answer is no, it's not enough. Well, and also like, isn't watching sports about 
embodying like unearned confidence and hope, <laughs> right? You know, like fucking might as well sell yourself into thinking that your team can get Shohei Otani, right? What's the harm? Then you experience a lot of pain when your team lets you down. As Calvin knows, it builds character. That's true. Okay, next question. I hope we answered that question. I'm not sure if we did. Next question. Hi, my name's Aaron. Uh, first time, long time. I am a union organizer, and for work a couple weeks ago, I was at a rally for the HarperCollins Union. Uh, all power to them on their ongoing striking threats on their win on getting HarperCollins to the bargaining table. Uh, so the, the rally was at News Corp, who owns HarperCollins, that they're building in Midtown Manhattan. And while I was there, I was sort of like seized by this image of a picket line outside the MLB headquarters, uh, which is really nearby in Midtown. And so I was wondering just like what you guys think about uh, whether there could be, you know, beyond the strikes and, that have happened, like an actual picket or otherwise in-person direct action from the MLBPA and what that would look like and how possible that is. And I guess also similarly, whether that could happen with other uh, unions in baseball. Like I think if I'm, I'm less familiar with it, but I think a bunch of the ballpark workers are unite here. Uh, so if that could happen with them and what you guys think that would look like, if it is possible. Uh, thanks so much for the podcast. I love it. And I hope you all have a good day. Uh, okay, Aaron, thank you for your question. This is a good question. Um, and a thought, you know, the way that Aaron describes it, he was consumed by the thought of watching a picket line outside of MLB headquarters. That is a thought that I have had, exactly, that I believe that I've shared on this podcast. I was at a picket line for Gizmodo Media Group, which is part of the Writers Guild, which is my union. I was there to to join and support their picket line as they were on strike for about a week. And I was literally looking at MLB headquarters. Like, I was looking at that little MLB merch store that they have on the first level of the headquarters. And I was like, man, what if we just protested Rob right now, too? What if we just brought this energy right over? You know, we had our own. We had the blow-up scabby. I was like, we, we could do this. We could do this. And this was during the lockout. But the real answer to your question is that the, the PA would never do this because there's... They don't have to. <laughs> well, yes, they don't have to. They're incredibly powerful as it is because they have a ton of money already. Um, and... That's not to say that that's what a picket line is about. Obviously, a picket line is about drawing attention, putting pressure, showing solidarity, showing vocal outward solidarity, which is really important for making people feel like they're a part of something and making people feel like they can have that cathartic experience of expressing the things that they're mad of. But the MLBPA already has its own bully pulpit. They can just call a press conference if they wanted to get these talking points out there or if they wanted to, you know, get their emotions out into the world. But the reason that they don't do that And the reason that they wouldn't be more vocal in a picket line is because of all of the things that we talk about with the bad reputation that millionaire players have among a certain subsex of fans. If they were out there picketing Major League Baseball, a lot of people, wrongfully, a lot of people would be like, well, what do they have to complain about? A picket line? Well, that's for like teachers and, you know, electrical workers and that sort of thing. Why do they need to picket? They drove here in a Porsche. Yeah. And it would just... Optically speaking, it would not be the same as the Harper Collins Union picketing or Gizmodo Media Group Union picketing. Like it's just it's it's not the same. It's different levels to this. Yeah, kudos for them for recognizing that the optics on that would not be 
Wait, I would. I, I would I, join. I mean, I'd I, be there. I'd be like, you know what, Max Scherzer, I'm walking this picket line with you, dog. That'd be sweet. I wish we lived in a world where that would be fine. Yeah, but we don't. <laughs> well, and again, it's also a very public-facing thing to do, right? To actually go out there and put yourself front and center of a sort of labor dispute, right? And you know, I I think about kind of the coming battle that minor leaguers have to wage and you could certainly make a case that they they might be more likely to pick it or something like that but given how vulnerable they are i think there's no way that any of them are are really interested in kind of waging that fight in public because they're in a very precarious position um well i mean I guess I'll push back on that a little bit. They're no more precarious than like an average person who's in a union who's picketing against their employer, right? Like they are, it's much more common for them to just be cut or fired or whatever than than the average worker would be if they're, you know, standing in a picket line in solidarity with the rest of their company. But I could see a world in which they would they would picket if it got, if it went on really long and they were trying to draw more attention to how terrible the negotiations were going. Um, the part of the question that Aaron asks about like other unions within the wider baseball world, you know, stadium workers who are part of a union like Unite, um, Unite here, they would pick it. I mean, if they went on strike, they would almost certainly pick it outside of games because that would be a huge story and be a huge place to draw I mean, we attention. We were days away from something like that actually happening with the Dodgers at, at, at the All Star at game. multiple points. Yeah, and we had the um, the Giants, the Giants as well. As well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just that. <laughs> frankly, baseball owners know that they have more to lose, and so they actually come back to the bargaining table when these unions vote to go on strike. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a good question, though. I I see your point. I like that. I wonder what the minor leaguers could convince themselves that they would accomplish by picketing Major League Baseball headquarters versus doing something else, like you know, wearing shirts at games or you know, making collective statements. Um, on on social media about how bargaining is going and what they're trying to win and what they're trying to fight for. Talking openly with the media about you know the conditions that they have now versus how they're trying to improve it. Um, but I don't know if they actually if the minor leaguers didn't get a contract and voted to go on strike, maybe they would just maybe they would pick it if they tried to replace the minor leaguers at minor league games. It's crazy to even think about a world where that's a that's a possibility. But but I think you're right. I mean, it's they're being introduced to the world of labor politics very, very quickly, right? Like they have just kind of been thrust yeah. into this. So it's gonna be a fascinating landscape to to watch in the coming months and years. It would be so, so funny if to get Rob Manfred into Major League Baseball headquarters on Seventh Avenue or wherever they are, Fifth Avenue. I'm not sure really sure which avenue they are on. It's like that scene from Sorry to Bother You where there's the strike outside and they have to bring like riot mm-hmm. cops in just to get the CEO and the power callers into the building. Yeah. <laughs> that was Rob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, that would be so fun. Uh, okay. Let's that, go would, to- that would top the photo of him practicing his like golf swing <laughs> in the middle of the lockout. <laughs> let's go to our final question. Hi, Tim and Pitchers. It's Victoria from Twitter. Short time listener, first time caller. I've recently binged like the last year of your podcast, so this question isn't exactly timely, but it's been bugging me. So 
here it goes. Um, it's about the owners, obviously, and how they get to pick up the award at the end of the season. Is there, like, a reason for that other than, like, the capitalist overlords that they are? And is it just, like, do baseball teams not have captains? Do this happen in any other American sports? Is it looming over all of them? Like, for instance, the World Cup, you can clearly see that Messi, the captain of the Argentinian team, he was, like, the honored one and was given the cup before he went and took it to his team because he's the captain. One would assume that the World Series is, like, the World Cup of baseball, right? So does this play every American sport or just baseball? And if it's all of them, then, like, why are you guys like this? What What has led into this massive, like, Oh, yeah, don't award the team. Award the person behind them that does nothing. I mean, I know you guys thought on this, but is is this, like, a nationwide problem is my question, essentially. Anyways, love you guys lots. Bye-bye. Thank you for the question, Victoria. We very much appreciate it. Um, I think, for, first of all, to address the, the Lionel Messi example, he's like the most famous person in the world. <laughs> and it's like, it's slightly different because it's not a privately owned team. I actually don't know what happens in like European soccer or South American soccer for club teams that win a trophy, whether or not the owner is up there and they get to hold the trophy first. Um, my guess would be no, since that, since people seem so surprised that that does happen in American sports. I mean, the short answer, the T TLDR of this question is, in America, we only respect people who own things, right? Because I mean, yeah, because they sign the checks. <laughs> yeah, and so then the people handing over the trophy are employed by the people who sign the checks. Exactly. Also, yeah. so it's not like it's not like it's some independent body that gets to decide who gets to hold the trophy first. It's like the owners employ the commissioner who is handing over the commissioner's trophy to the team that won the World Series. Yeah. It's literally called the commissioner's trophy. But I I definitely think it's something we don't talk enough about like it's something that it's time for us to do away with this like as the owner of the baseball team you should you, run onto the field and tackle the owner next time there's a world series I'm, trophy ceremony you know you should be the change that you want to see in the world you know some fans get feisty enough out there you know <laughs> yeah but like you get to have this locked up in your display case fucking wherever for perpetuity right like you'll probably be buried with this thing let the players Really, they're burying well, owners with the trophy? <laughs> That's a story. <laughs> it's just another example in a long line of things in America where we give credit to the person who did the least amount of work. You know? Yes. Just because they happen to own it. I mean, you it's a participation trophy. Is it literally what is. What it is. Except not even. They didn't even participate. Right. Here's an unrelated thing about the trophy ceremony that really bothers me. So, you know, like when they're passing around the trophy to everybody, and this is in all sports, mm -hmm. it's actually worst in football because of the shape of the trophy and the way that it shines and the way that you can see it. It's just it's just a little thing in my brain. It's like, look at all those fingerprints on that nice, pretty trophy. <laughs> it just really bothers me. <laughs> they're just touching the part of it, and they're putting their fingerprints all over them. Like, someone's going to have to clean that. <laughs> Everybody's kissing it, you know? They're getting their lips on it, yeah. and their lip marks. It's just a that's just a personal problem for me. Um, it has um, nothing to do with the owner. Makes you but, wonder how we didn't have a pandemic far sooner. Yeah, get your grubby hands off my trophy, <laughs> Mr. Crane. Yeah. 
It's a horrible practice. And this question, I completely and wholeheartedly agree with. I think it's ridiculous that the owner gets to get the trophy first. But the reason that it hasn't changed is because they own it, basically. And they're never going to volunteer to not get the trophy first. That would be a cool thing for an owner to do. That would be an amazing way to... To end the tradition. To end the tradition. I'm done with this. Or Yeah, right. Just fly in the face of... uh, of owners going front and center. Like I feel like Steve, I feel like Steve Cohen you. would do it. I feel yeah. like he would do it. Yeah. But I also feel like, I feel like Rob wouldn't hand it to a player. Right. I, like Rob does not want to talk to a player. Yeah. <laughs> but Mr. Scherzer, sir, here's the truth. He like drops it. Right. He's yeah. like, his body literally can't hand it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he cannot hand it to a player at any cost. <laughs> I trust Steve. I think he would do it. I think so too. This is why, <laughs> Actually, th- this has nothing to do with what we were, we were uh, really talking about. But I still think we should do make more owners, fingerprint chat. Uh, no more, not more fingerprint chat. Um, I I think we should make the owners play. Like if they want yes. the trophy, you have to take at least one at bat. Right. Like we should. There should that should be a part of like All Star Weekend is like the owners exhibition skills competition. Exactly. I like where your head is at. <laughs> I like it. And like, you know what? To to circle all the way back. To our insane Eric Adams chat from 25 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. I feel like we could get EA on board with that. If we were like, this would be great for viewership and for the every fan. He'd be like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. I like it. Steve Cohen, get in there. 98 mile an hour heat. <laughs> Wheel Ted Lerner up to the plate. <laughs> the Angelos family's arguing about who actually gets to go up and hit. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Artie Moreno's like, don't hurt me. Have another fundraising event for One America News Network next week. <laughs> I can't possibly sustain any injuries. Great pod. <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know how it happened. I don't know half the stuff that we talked about, but another great podcast. Thank you to everybody for listening. Alex, is there any um, housekeeping that we should be doing right now? I know we're getting towards the end of the off season. We're going to be doing a lot of fun season preview content. We will, of course, be doing the Tipping Pitches All-Gift Draft, the annual All-Gift Draft, where we draft the players that are most likely to make the most sensational gifts, G-I-F-S, gifts of the 2023 baseball season. That's coming uh, in March. I guess the only other piece of housekeeping that I have is that later this month, later in February, uh, we will be talking to Evan Drellick about his book, Winning Fixes Everything, which is... As inside as inside gets on the Astros, not just the Astros cheating scandal, but the entire corporate process that led up to the Astros cheating scandal. Evan, along with Ken Rosenthal, was the person who broke this story. If you can think all the way back to when that happened in 2019. Uh, Evan was on our podcast a few months ago to talk about covering the lockout, um, his his career, and uh, increasing interest in covering baseball as a business, baseball as a labor market the fight between players and owners, that sort of thing. And he mentioned this book and and we thought it sounded particularly interesting from this particular person. I mean, there's a ton of Astro Science Ceiling Scandal books. You got to be honest though, I trust the source on this one <laughs> a lot more than others. So we'll be talking to Evan in, in about a week, but we're going to save the conversation until people have actually sit, gotten the book and had a chance to read it if they want to. So if you are one of those people and you were thinking about buying the book, um, I would suggest you do. And so you can listen to Evan talk about it in full. Not that we'll like be spoiling the entire book or anything like that, but just something to consider as a listener, if you are already considering doing that. Anything else? 
No, if you want to support the work that we do here, patreon.com slash tipping pitches, where we are currently fulfilling some some obligations, some perk obligations for some of our patrons, (laughs) but they're being fulfilled. They we are fulfilling them so hard. The obligations are being fulfilled as as fulfilling goes. Yeah. Fulfilling is happening. Like corn in a hole. <laughs> Please, I'm stopping the recording now. Thank you to everybody for listening. Goodbye. Hello everybody. Uh, I'm Alex Rodriguez. Tipping pitches. Tipping Pitches. This is the one that I love the most. Tipping pitches. So we'll see you next week. See ya!